0: Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slesser, and today we're joined by A's outfielder Stephen Piscotti, who discusses the team's road woes and offensive hiccups, plus his own start to the season. Then David Feldman and I chat about the past week, including Josh Fegley's breakout season so far, on Feldie's Follies. Next, on A's Plus. Today on the A's Plus podcast, our guest is A's right fielder, Steven Piscotti, now in his second year with the team. Uh, Steven, the first thing I, I think we might probably should chat about is um, you guys on the road so far, it's kind of been rough going. Is it? Do you see any sort of reason for that is there, uh, we're at, on the C, the opening series in Detroit? I think you guys have lost 11 in the past 12, which is kind of different from how you guys played last year on the road.
1: Yeah. Um I think it's a, just an anomaly that'll even itself out as the course of the season goes. Um, It's—I don't blame fans or other people you know, to, to look at that and be like, "Wow!" But um, as a person playing every day, uh, it really doesn't matter where you're playing. So um, it'll even itself out, and there's no, no reason to waste energy worrying about it. I mean, we just got to win out, go out and win, win ball games every day. So. Um, Kind of weird, not what we want, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will turn around
0: I guess the the flip side of that is that you guys have played pretty well on at home, particularly on the last home stand. Um, what do you kind of seeing there that that you're particularly liking?
1: Yeah, we played really well at home, um, you know we had some pretty dramatic wins that were a lot of fun there, um, hoping to you know carry that momentum over hasn't happened that way, but um, you do have to feel good about those games and you know, it's tough to win, you know, games in this league, and um, when you do get those wins, you gotta celebrate. And we uh, we had some fun with that, um, but yeah, we want to carry it over, you know, with the rest of these seven games here.
0: It's probably fairly obvious, but Matt Chap, uh, sorry, Matt Olson is uh, finally back after missing more than a month with that broken handmaid bone. What kind of difference does he make for you guys, both offensively and defensively?
1: Uh, he's a game changer. Um, you can tell the confidence in our infielders throwing to him. You know, they're getting plays on the run and, and just winging it over there and just getting the ball to him because they know that he's going to catch it. And he's done a tremendous job. He had those couple homers in the last few days, and his swing, you know, I think looks like it did in, in 2017 when he hit all those those home runs. And um, so I have a very good feeling that you know, he's going to be a, a threat here. And, um, you know, kind of pick us up because, you know, unfortunately, myself and others are kind of struggling up there, and, and hopefully he can carry the load until we get we get back on.
0: Yeah, I think I think everybody was glad to see him hit two homers in two games because sometimes the concern is when you're coming back from a hand or wrist injury that maybe the power's not there. Is that sort of a you know a little bit of a relief for you guys to see that 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 doesn't seem to be the case in this instance? He's got the strength.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, throughout the rehab process we were getting to see him every day and, and see his progression and. You know, he seemed to to fly through it and, and do really well with it. So um, he was able to go down, and get a couple of rehab games under his belt, and, and you know when he came back to us, it felt like there was no hiccup. He was just back to normal. Uh, only
0: you mentioned that that some of the rest of the offense has been a little inconsistent. How how would you evaluate you are where you are right now with with uh,
1: your swing? I'm I'm not really where I want to be, but I feel like I'm doing the best I can to kind of keep my head above water and and um, still find ways to contribute and. Um, I I don't feel quite as dialed as I did um, at the end of last year. And so I'm trying to get back to that point. Unfortunately, it's not like a light switch where you can just turn it on. So having to go through that process and it's, it's annoying. But, you know, when I get in the game action, just trying to have the best of bat I can and, and, you know, try to do something positive.
0: At one point early in the season, we talked about the fact you felt like you you'd found a little something. You made an adjustment. Um, was that something that kind of just worked for a while? Is it or are you being pitched differently? What, what do you see that's gone differently since then?
1: Um, it's hard to say. Um, it's been a little bit uncharacteristic for me in, in how streaky I've been, um, and that's not typical or, or historical of myself. So that was a little little weird. Um, but yeah, I did get you know real scorching hot there but it went away in that road trip so um, not trying to ride that roller coaster trying to get back to normal and, and not worry about um, those things just trying to focus on on today where I'm at and where I want to go And um, I felt like in the last week or so I, I haven't been on fire, but I've been getting a knock or getting on base, trying to try to help the team win. And I feel good about that, so I'm going to try to keep that going. Hopefully, it turns around quick.
0: Yeah, you've got a long streak going of of reaching base. Does that tell you anything at all about you know how you're seeing the ball or your approach or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it does. Um, I think it gives me confidence that I'm swinging the right pitches and, and taking the, the tough ones because um, it's hard to do. And, um, so that's one thing that. I've been able to, to be happy with. Um, I need to start dri- driving the ball a little bit better. That's one thing that I, um, I haven't done that I would like to. But it's early. I started slow last year. Um, I don't know if I'm a slow starter or not, but I'm, I'm optimistic it's going to turn.
0: When you are trying to figure out what's going on, when you're in a little bit of a funk, what do you do? Is it mostly video work? Is it work in the cage? How do you uh, attack that?
1: It's a little bit everything. Um, you know, I, I keep a little journal of, of thoughts from every season. I can kind of look back on those and see, um, you know, what I was feeling, what I was thinking, and um, also look at video. Uh, Bushy here does a great job of of uh, helping me see things that I might overlook, and um, I have a lot of uh, trust and faith in him. And, um, I think we're hopefully on to something. That we've picked up in the last couple of days, but like I said, it's not like a light switch. It takes takes time to kind of break the the mold of old. So, um, but hopefully, it turns around here.
0: This team in general tends to be a little bit slow starting. You guys got off to a little bit of a slow start last year and obviously turned it on, you know, like an incredible amount in June. The fact that you guys went through that, you also got off to a slow start and turned it around. Is that sort of encouraging? Do you guys look to that? Or is that at some point do you have to kind of just turn the page completely and focus on the, the current year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can use it as an excuse for it being okay to start slow and say that we're just going to pick it up because. You know, we made the wild card game, which was a, a big accomplishment. But you know, the path to the World Series is much easier if you win, you win the division. Um, with how well Houston's playing, you know, we gotta we gotta pick it up. And um, everyone knows that that's gr- what's great about this team. You know, we all get it. You know, we're we're in this together, and and nobody's happy. Nobody's saying so what. Like we know we need to you know address it and, and, and play better. And it's a hard game though sometimes when. Expectations are a little bit higher, you know. This game is so so brutal that um, sometimes it's hard to, to deal with those. But the fact of the matter is, we have expectation now, and how well we've played in the last season or so, and so we we need to learn how to play with ex- expectations. And maybe that's a learning curve that we're getting through
0: now that will help us you know, down the road. Uh, Mike Fiers just walked by as we were as we were chatting. How much fun was that to be a part of with a with his no hitter last week on the homestand? Yeah, it was,
1: it was pretty cool and. With Mania throwing his last year, I mean, it almost felt like commonplace. Like, yeah, we've been here before. Um, but no, it was, it was really special. And um, obviously, Profar and, and Loreano made some incredible plays to keep that thing alive. So um, a really, really cool moment that you know everyone's going to remember because uh, those are rare and not everyone gets to be a part of one.
0: I think that's been the most consistent um I think positive for the team so far this year has been the defense. So obviously, you've played very well in right. Um the outfield in general has been really solid. What's it like kind of being a member of that unit, particularly playing next to a guy like Lauriano?
1: Yeah. Um you know, we've played you know really really well defensively. We got two um gold glove and platinum glove in the infield and, and shoot, I think Lauriano's making a case for for a gold glove in center. Um it's that's one really good thing. I, I feel like when defense isn't tight, um, it, it can appear real sloppy, and I don't think we're doing that. I think you know we're playing hard games. We're not we're not shooting ourselves in the foot, um, and it's just we're just not hitting, and so it, you know, we're not winning ball games. But um, it, it's great to see the defense is is playing well. That means we're engaged. We're, I think when the defense starts to go, you can look around and kind of. Assume that guys are are checking out, but we're not doing that.
0: Right. Uh, It seems like a lot of the losses have been very close games. Is that that the sort of thing where eventually those turn around? I mean, you know, kind of can go either way.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) When you get beat, you get beat. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel great. So I don't know that we're concerned with with how we're losing. Um, But I think you know, hopefully those those close games will turn. we have such a potent offense when we're clicking and you know, we're beating teams by a lot of runs.
0: Chef. Wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us today on Ace Plus, Stephen Piscotti. All right. Thank you. Our thanks again to Stephen Piscotti for joining us today. We will be right back with David Feldman and Feldy's Follies. We've reached the Feldie's Follies portion of the Ace Plus podcast. The great David Feldman joins us. Uh, David, what do you make of um, the A's on the road this year, uh, entering the first game in Detroit, uh, a place where the A's love to play now? They lost 11 of 12 road games, uh, and of course then they have a huge breakout, score 17 runs. Um, does this mean anything, the big breakout, or is it is the body of work on the road so far troubling to you?
2: It's very troubling. Um, you know, it started with, if you look, at one point, they were four and four in their road games after, uh, that first win on the Friday night in Texas. And that's what you want, right? 500 on the road, be over 600 at home, and you're going to have a pretty good year. But since then, they've gone two and 11 on the road, um, with some brutal losses thrown in there. And those two wins, Pittsburgh, they scored 14 runs. Fegley goes off eight RBI. Uh, and then yesterday in Detroit, 17 runs, five homers. Fegley has another big game. So those are really just two outlying games. I don't think we can take what happened yesterday in Detroit and say, well, they've turned it around because we saw this in Pittsburgh. It didn't help. Um, they need to win series. Um, and this, you know, they're playing a poor Detroit team, and they're playing a Cleveland team that with all the injuries in the starting staff, you have a chance to get some wins against them. So this is where the, you need to start turning it around on the road and beating these teams that you need to beat. Um you know, they have a chance, even with the two losses in Seattle and the Monday loss in Seattle with another brutal loss. I mean, how many times can you have the lead in extra innings and lose in a season? It just doesn't happen. And it's happening, uh, well, three times. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. So they need to, to get together and win these series uh, in Detroit and Cleveland before they come home.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things they did really well last year. And I, I'm kind of getting tired. It seems like every time we talk, we're comparing yeah. last year to this year. You know, I mean, it's yeah essentially the same lineup, not not huge changes except for a catcher, and, and obviously Fegley is um kind of turning into a, a good everyday option. but um they beat they beat up teams that they should last year. They really did well against sort of the the bot. Now the first half schedule for the A's is tougher this year uh, than the second half, so they've still got time to make up a lot of ground against some of the lesser teams in in the league. However, um, so far, you know, they struggled against Baltimore. Um, You know, they've just are not, um, you know, they're not really putting teams away that they should. So, uh, you know, they they love playing Detroit. They've won nine in a row here in Detroit, uh, and they've won 13 in a row overall against the Tigers. So maybe this kind of helps get them going. But they've still, you know, they've still got some flaws. The bullpen, which we thought was going to be a strength, is still – you know, a little bit erratic, much more so than you would like. Uh, the availability, I think, of some guys, is different than it had been. Obviously, Trevino was out for a uh, week and a half with um, uh, like okay, what did he have? I can't remember. Uh, oh, the, the thumb that thing. Got yeah, back. he the, took the right. ball off his thumb, and then um, you know, Trinan's had a little bit of. It's not major. It's, you know, I don't know if you can say minor elbow tendinitis, but it's not significant. It's just one of those things you have to pitch to pitch through. But his availability has not been quite as much as it was. Now, he was he was a workhorse last year and has been throughout his career. Um, I am not faulting him in any way. uh, And I think the team probably should be maybe more cautious with him than they have been in the past. But, um, he, he's definitely the availability at which we, you know, tend to find out after the game, obviously teams don't want to signal what they're doing to the other team before the game starts about who's available and who's not. Um, but uh it does seem that he has not been as available as as he has been in past years and um it's probably abundance of caution or maybe there are days where he comes in and says I, you know I'm just not feeling quite right today that's what you do you, you have to say okay well you need a day then absolutely no problem with that but it does affect the bullpen usage and you wind up with soria having to be your closer on a given day you wind up with fernando rodney having to be your closer on a on a given day uh and sometimes these are um you know they, you would rather have trevino and and trinan to be quite quite frank They're, the other guys are not pitching in the roles that i think are ideal for them uh, and that continues to be an issue
2: yeah, you talk about the, what they did last year against teams that were below 500 or at 500. They had a 719 winning percentage against those teams. They were 64 and 25. They hammered the teams that were bad. Um, and last year we saw a lot of bad teams and they A's took care of business against them. Um, this year the A's are 13 and 14 against those teams. They're, they're, you know, they're under 500 against teams that are under 500. And that's no way to win. And, I know we talk we talk about last year a lot. I think as history goes on, we're going to start thinking about the 2018 A's. How amazing that was! Right. That they won 97 games. Um, you know, and I remember at the end of last year when we talked with John Shea and talked about even going forward. And John said, "Oh, I like, kind of mentioned. Well, they should be able to match that." I'm like, "Are you crazy? Yeah. Uh, you know what they did and how they did it was amazing." And Blake Tryon was a huge part of that. How dominant he was, having one of the most dominant seasons a reliever has ever had. 0.7 ADRA in 80 innings, 100 strikeouts innings. I mean, he was unreal last year. So you knew he wasn't going to match that. But, he's when he's been available, and like you said, his availability has been an issue, he hasn't been the same. His slider is not, not biting the same. It's hanging a little bit. Um, you know, we talk about last year, he gave up seven earned runs the entire season. Right, In 80 innings, 68 games, seven earned runs. This year, in only 20 innings, he's given up six earned runs. Um, he has not been the same when he's available. He's still top-notch and he's top-tier, uh, but you're seeing his effectiveness is not quite the same. So they do need to be careful with him. Um, it is a trickle-down effect when Trinan and Trevino, the guys at the top, are not available or not available for as many innings as you'd like. And that's where the starters come in play, and the starters need to get you deeper into the game to put less stress on the bullpen. Um, I was watching Cleveland last weekend and watching um, Trevor Bauer pitch. And he's out there. He's in the seventh inning, he's throwing 120 pitches. I'm thinking, what a horse. This is the guy. Every successful team, in my opinion, needs a starter like this who, that day of the week, when it's his turn to start, you know you're getting seven innings out of him. And you're going to give the bullpen a little bit of a break. Um, you know, especially in this, you know, the A's tried the opener last week. Uh, We might see it again in the future. Um, If you're going to be a team like that, you always need to have at least one game on your schedule where your starter can get you deep into the game. Uh, It's just, it's too long of a season, and there's too many innings to be pitched if you're bullpen, if you're trying to mix and match so much. Uh, The A's, you know, Fires has been better. Obviously, the no hitter was great, but he pitched okay in Seattle. Um, But they need him to get deeper into games. Uh, It would be nice to get two guys to go deep into the game. I don't know if we're going to see that, but. The strain on the bullpen as the season goes on is is probably it's too much right now. It can't go at this pace.
0: You know, Bassett's been very solid since he came back. Um, And Melvin almost let him pitch the ninth inning the first game in Detroit. Uh, it, you know, he was at 105 pitches. Some of the thinking that went into um, putting in Aaron Brooks was you know, a lot of long innings to sit through for Bassett. Um, and he even he said, you start to tighten up, particularly in the later going, when you're sitting through a lot of long scoring innings. Um, Melvin mentioned last year was his first year back, full season back after Tommy John surgery. So maybe he's a guy you don't, especially, you know, when you're up 17 nothing. You don't need to push it there, but could Bassett be a guy who could maybe not all the time, but every now and then be a guy who could be sort of a workhorse type?
2: I can see it because of the way that he pitches, he when he's got his good stuff working, he's pretty efficient. He's got low pitch counts. Um, you know, even yesterday, eight innings, only 105 pitches. Uh, he's not a guy who walks a bunch of batters. He could be that guy, and he's been a, a pleasant surprise. Right, We guys have seen this guy now for a few years and we've seen him battle back from the injury and now he's on the mound and he looks confident. Um, you know, he, even in his, his first start against Texas when his control was had lost him, he walked four guys that day, but he gave up no runs. He was able to battle through. He, he could be. He could be that that second starter to go with fires who can give you six, seven innings, hopefully, on a daily basis every time that they pitch.
0: Yeah, that's... That's been a nice, um, you know, I think Mengden, you know, has some promise. He he was okay his first start. He showed some good things. Um, I'm glad he's back up. He deserved it. Uh, Aaron Brooks in the bullpen now, that's probably, you know, he had not been giving them the production they'd been looking for, so that's probably a good move. Uh, Still, we talked a little bit about the Edwin Jackson decision. I'm still a little baffled by that. But, uh, you know, it is nice that they give a guy an opportunity in the big leagues if they really felt like he didn't have it here. And he was not pitching all that well in the minor leagues. Um, but, you know, I wrote a piece the other day. Jarrell Cotton could be back next month at some point, um, followed by sort of maybe one every month with A.J. Puck maybe in July, Shamanaya maybe in August, um, and Jesus Lazardo maybe in August or September. So, uh, you know, the A's are looking at potentially having other options. They've just got to kind of st- stick close uh, at least in striking distance to even make those things worthwhile cuz why you don't want to rush back a a lizardo or a manaya um in particular uh after uh some you know pretty severe significant shoulder injuries if you don't need to so uh that's going to be some interesting decision making that they have to make uh but Josh Fegley we touched on him a little bit what do you make of what he's doing? Is this for real? I mean, what Bob Melvin was saying, and justifiably so, this is a guy who right now you would say is an all-star candidate at the catcher spot. He's, he's in the conversation.
2: And, you know, this year uh, there's actually a deep group of catchers in the American League who are all having nice years, but Josh Feigley is having a, a standout year. You know, he's had a couple of huge games, which obviously has helped his numbers, but... Overall, you're talking 26 runs batted in. He's been pretty clutch. 26 RBI in only 35 games. Um, he's come through with hits. He's taken leadership of the pitching staff, which I think the A's needed to see. Uh, defensively, be a little stronger there. Uh, there's no way to say that they that they don't miss Jonathan Lufroy. They miss Jonathan Lucroy in the way he's able to massage pitchers and especially the bullpen guys through situations and through games. Um, Segley so needs to be more that way defensively the offense has just been such a a huge surprise right the times that we've seen him play now he's been this is his you know fifth season with the ace he's been here a while we've seen him a lot and we've never seen him um be this effective at the plate uh really giving good at bats going the other way getting base hits driving runs. it's it's quite surprising i did, I did not see this coming uh, at all and it's been a very, very pleasant surprise.
0: Well, he started talking to me about some adjustments he made with his swing about, you know, a little bit after the maybe the second, uh, the, the mid-season, midpoint of last season. Um, he really tried to reduce the amount of movement, excess movement in his swing that clearly is working for him. And it is hard as a backup catcher to get, with so few at-bats, to really get a tempo and a rhythm and, and hit. He's the fact that he is getting regular playing time that, you know, it's the first time really he's gotten an opportunity to do this. Uh, And that, I mean, that, that means the world to a guy who has not had regular at bats. You, You finally get a chance to, okay, now I feel good at the plate. I'm seeing pitches regularly. Uh, yeah, I can get into a little bit of a groove, and I'm not going to sit for the next week. Uh, that's huge. I, I'm with ya. you. know, We've talked so many times about Lucroy. I'm still uh, – that decision-making I, I still don't quite get. Uh, he's having a very nice season, by the way. Uh, he's hit six homers. Uh, Fegley wouldn't be playing regularly, if, obviously, if they had Lucroy. So, um, you know, maybe that's a, a little bit of a toss-up. But, yes, Lucroy is such a good leader. Um, but, you know, the Fegley dis- – <laughs> The decision making at catcher just really, really kind of baffles me. Period. Because Lucroy seemed like a no-brainer to me, but during the spring, I heard this several times. They were really pretty dead set on Chris Herman and Nick Hundley. That was going to be it. Josh Fegley's out of options. Had that had Herman not gotten hurt, Josh Fegley would have been claimed on waivers by somebody because there were scouts coming in every day during the spring and saying, "What are they doing with Fegley?" What are they doing with Fegley? Because if they expose him to waivers, you know he's a he's a catcher with experience in the big leagues. There, that is so valuable. They're just you know it is not a position where there's a lot of depth. Nobody has catching depth. Uh, it took that injury for this to happen with Fegley. It was not in the team's plans. So uh, I I just think that this is a position they have not quite. Um, you know, maybe they, they got lucky with this, but this was not this was not the plan, and I, I kind of wonder what's up with that.
2: Yeah, so many times, and we've seen it over the years, where, where decisions are made for them because of injuries, and it turns out better than the decision they were going to make. Um, and this is definitely one of those. I, I, I remember at the end of spring training when, when the talk was it was going to be Herman and Hundley, and we're just going to go into it with it. I've seen Chris Herman play um, a bunch, um, and again, a little like Fegley's never had a chance to be an everyday player, but there's holes in his swings that make me think that being an everyday player is not gonna be good for him. Um and Hundley's always been sort of a, a career backup, especially now in the last few years with the Giants. So I was a little concerned there with that decision where Fegley is a more of a known quantity. Um and Fegley's just he's just shocking. It it's really is shocking how, how good he's been, how clutch he's been. Um and maybe, like you said, you just got lucky that the decision got made for them, and the results better than maybe what it would have turned out.
0: Yeah, and who knows what would have happened with Herman? You know, um, he did have a year with Arizona where he hit before he got hurt. Um, when the A's acquired him, I remember checking with a couple people um, to say kind of what what was the thinking with this move, and they said we think he's going to hit. We, we think he's going to hit. Um, obviously, we haven't gotten a chance to see that, but uh, yeah, Fegley was was really not in their plans at one point during the spring, and and what what a nice what a nice surprise for them could wind up being really important. Um, and how great would that be if he does wind up being an all star, kind of out of nowhere? That would be, that would be really, uh, really pretty cool. Anything else that's jumped out to you here in this last week since we we spoke last?
2: Well, you know, I, I I'm encouraged because on the home stand, they won the two series against the Reds and the Indians. And, you know, that's where it all starts. There are five games that are 500 as we speak. Um, you know, it's going to be tough to win this division, um, because of the Houston Astros, how good the Houston Astros are. Uh, you know, they've won now eight in a row. They're 29 and 15. Uh, they're 16 and four at home. This is just, they got all stars all around the, all around the diamond. They're such a good team. They're going to, they're going to be tough to catch no matter what. Uh, and as we talked, the A's are nine and a half behind them. And, you know, they're the only team above 500 in the American Big West. Um, and they are just blowing by everybody. So you, you, already have to start looking. Where are you at the wild card and who are you going to have to, to, to beat? And right now they're, the A's are only four and a half games out of the second wild card, even being five games under. And that second wild card is the Cleveland Indians. Um, and again, when we talked about with their injuries and we saw them play last week. So the A's are in a situation where they're not out of a postseason situation already. The second wild card really helps in that. And, again, only five games under 500. But you've got to get to 500 before you can talk even seriously about the playoffs. Right. And that's where it just begins. It's a winning series. So winning the two series on the home stand very positive. Uh, the, the two losses in Seattle, especially the Monday loss, heartbreaking. But now you have a chance to make up for it. So if we come out and we talk next week, and the A's have won the series in Detroit. They won the series in Cleveland. Uh, you come home, you play Seattle, and you got a chance. Now the A's are unbelievably 0-10 against Toronto and Seattle this year.
0: That's insane. It just
2: blows your mind. <laughs> uh, so we got a chance to get some wins, but this series wins. So if we're, you know, if you and I talk next week and the A's have won these two series, I'm gonna feel a lot better about the A's chances going forward as we get the end of May. If the A's somehow drop these series, play poorly, have brutal losses, uh, I'm going to be really, really concerned about how this season's going to end up.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, the, you know that they will have to start thinking about would would they move Blake Trinan? Are there other guys that they would think about trading, you know? Uh, Trinan's probably the most obvious, I would I would think. Um, but if they fall far enough back, you know, it's it would be a scenario more like the previous few years than last year. So... Um, yeah, that would be too bad. One of the things I, I liked seeing this last week, Jerickson Profar. Um, it's certainly the bats getting going, the grand slam. He hit a little bit at home. The throws are getting better. He looks a little more comfortable. Um, I'm not sure I'm willing to say he's he's fixed, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he he looks like he's on the right path. Uh, there were concerns about the yips. I'm not willing to say 100. You know, he's got the yips because he's he's definitely made some better throws here so uh, they're revamping some of his throwing motion uh, and and it, that can take time obviously we saw that with Marcus Simeon it took him you know essentially that uh, almost a full year so um, I like that uh, that's in the right direction I still would like to see Chad Pinder I think in the lineup a little bit more you know either in left or, or second most days um, but Robbie Grossman's Robbie Grossman has quietly been a guy who started a lot of rallies for them lately he seems like he gets on base even when he's not Necessarily hitting, um, so he's pretty useful too. Um, I think if you kind of plug Pinder in and out of those two spots and Profar and and Grossman, that uh, if you find that kind of right mix, that could be a, a pretty interesting um, thing going on there. So. David Feldman, I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week so we can figure out uh, whether uh, you know, the bright spots recently have been a fluke or if maybe the A's have figured things out and are starting to turn the corner. So we will talk again then. Thanks for joining us, as always, on Feldie's Follies. David Feldman is an official scorer and stats expert who joins us regularly on A's+. Plus. Our producers today were King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. We will be back next week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the Editor-in-Chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at SanFranciscoChronicle.com slash subscribe.